0: This is the best of two pros in a couple Joe with Lavar Arrington, Brady Quinn, and Jonas Knox on Fox Sports Radio. <laughs> yeah!
2: Some kind of white!
1: Yeah! That's Brady's song, white. man. Yeah. Uh,
2: they're just kind of white. Uh huh. I mean, some kind of white. Yeah! Make me mess, I'm down, I'm Yeah. <laughs> I' <I'm> right. <laughs> I had to make sure my mic was off so I was going through yours. You know what, what I mean? It's right oh, there.
3: Whoa. That was great. Oh, that's Brady
2: Quinn. Uh, yeah. It's taking, over, <laughs> it's taking over, man. It's
3: taking over. The bar gets hyped up. It yeah, is uh, two pros and a cup of Joe. <laughs> you love when Fox I get on radio. That's false
2: enthusiasm, bro. Uh, no, look, I,
3: oh, that was? Uh,
2: no, it really wasn't. Oh. I am looking outside and looking at this. this uh, uh, downpour, oh, and I'm just bad. wondering to myself. Like, yeah, be safe out there, I got to make everybody. sure I hype myself up to to drive safely for certain. Yeah, it's uh, for those of you listening on. I'm um, from
3: Pennsylvania, you know how to drive in this stuff. Oh, All
2: bro, right. I hydroplaned at least three or four times on my way in here, and I was like, you know what? Thank gosh, I, I I grew up in a place where you know how to drive in in these type of weather conditions. It's just everyone else I worry about. That's I don't true. worry about me. I worry about everybody
3: else. That's true.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Well, listen. Um, well, that experience um, led you to this—to be able to drive in this sort of weather in these
2: conditions—to do radio. Yeah,
1: damn right. And you know you got to have a great pair of tires to make that
2: happen. Yeah, you got that yeah. right.
1: And that's where tirerack.com comes in. You
2: got that right. And
1: we are broadcasting you live from the tirerack.com studios. tirerack.com will help you get there in unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection and over 10,000 recommended installers. tirerack.com the way tire buying should be. Uh so So I'm talking about what? <laughs> so um <laughs> this from Adam Schefter of ESPN uh, who sent this out uh, a short time ago that uh, DeMar Hamlin's father Mario Hamlin addressed the entire Bills team on a Zoom call Wednesday to personally update everyone in attendance on his son per source he informed the Bills that DeMar was making progress and in the words of one source the team needed it so that is uh, that's, oh, that's one cool. of the latest updates uh, to try and, uh, try and fill everybody in as to what is happening with DeMar Hamlin and what the status is moving forward and then obviously with all these games coming up I mean it's already Thursday and they've got games coming up right around the corner we got a couple kicking off on Saturday we talked about the Bengals and the Ravens and sort of what the plan would be for the Cincinnati Bengals Joe Burrow the quarterback of the Bengals spoke yesterday about the idea of playing this weekend and how him and other teammates would feel about it.
4: You know I'm sure if you, you pulled the locker room there'd be mixed votes on that. Personally, I think playing would be tough, but you know there's there's people that want to play too and there's people that don't. And so personally, I probably want to play. You know, I think getting back to, you know, as normal as you can, as fast as you can is personally how I deal with these kind of things. And like I said, everybody has a different way of dealing with it.
1: How would you guys uh, want to go with this? Do you want to play? <sighs>
3: It's, it's, uh, it's, it's such a tough deal. I mean, I, I, this is not one of their teammates, so it's going to hit a little different, right? It's a shocking experience. It's one that they'll never forget. They'll have to carry with them from here moving forward. But I, I still think it hits Cincinnati a little different than it does Buffalo. And I, I think I am more in a similar frame of mind as, as Joe and look, back in 2012 when we had a guy commit suicide the day before the game, we didn't have a choice. Um, but, you know, that's, that's kind of the position that these guys are in where the, the NFL season is going to continue to move on and they're going to have to move past this at some point. And so, you know, I'm sure somehow, some way getting back to that normal routine uh, probably will help some of these guys moving forward. Yeah, it's just been one of those
2: sensitive topics, you know, more so than anything else, because nobody wants to come across as seeming like they're insensitive or disconnected to the severity of what took place. I mean, and that's just what it is. You know, You you do not want to overlook the fact that like everybody's talking about with the updates. There's nothing that really is definitive from these updates. Even yeah. that Zoom call report, it doesn't give you anything definitive, man. I also saw this as well too
1: uh, that you bring that up. We were talking about him needing to be resuscitated twice. I saw that there was some conflicting reports as to whether or not that was accurate. So like we
2: don't have like some like we're going You just don't know. Yeah. You we, don't know. Yeah. So there's a lot. And and left so to be you said. can't like well, you can't be on pause waiting on something to to shake out like you still got to keep moving and and that's sometimes that's a hard pill to to swallow you know if if even I'll go as far as to say like like how Q just mentioned it's the you know it's not their teammate it hits different when it's your teammate i would urge that the family of, of, of Damar has to continue to keep moving. You know, those are things that it's just part of, it's part of life. Things happen in life, you know, sudden, su- sudden changes happen in life. And so when you're in those moments and you're in those situations, you know, how they say adversity reveals character, you know, it, it, it's just one of those things where, Understanding the severity of it is is the biggest is the biggest challenge, especially being in media and how you discuss it, because you don't want to come across as insensitive. But the realities that exist are the realities that exist. And one of those realities is that business continues, life continues, and you can't just be sitting back waiting and waiting and waiting for what's next when you still have to continue to live your life. And and that's just for me, I would be on the side of like we're gonna play. Now, with that being said, let's honor him. You know, let's wear a patch, let's put his number. Like I can recall any time, like when Sean Barber had a season ending ending injury. He's my best friend when when I was in the league and he had a season ending injury, I put his number on my shoes every week. I put a message you know i put 59 on my my cleat every single week you know you can honor him and and that to me is probably the best way to go about doing so is continuing on not stopping you can't stop and i think sometimes that's the hardest thing to to get you know in your mind and and kind of comprehend but that's just the true reality of how life works. Um, so on the
1: field of play, when it comes to, and Joe Burrow's comments about, you know, wanting to play and some players, maybe not wanting to play. They are hosting the Baltimore Ravens this weekend. Uh, the schedule, it was they're potentially going to be moved to the late window on Sunday, depending on how the Monday night game turned out as it stands. Now it's going to be Ravens at Bengals in Cincinnati, one Eastern time coming up on Sunday. And so on the opposite side of things, um, the hell's going on with Lamar Jackson? Uh this is this is an odd situation. He's missed a significant amount of time now. He missed practice yesterday. We don't really we haven't really gotten a definitive update from his head coach John Harbaugh and it looks like we're going to see potentially Tyler Huntley again. When Baltimore, who's already clinched a playoff spot, but is sort of kind of been up and down over the past couple of weeks. Uh, The Huntley's two and two as a starter. They've, you know, but last week's game against Pittsburgh did not go well. We saw how that finished up. And so it feels like there's something that maybe we're not being told or that's not happening here with Lamar Jackson as they get ready to take on these Cincinnati Bengals this upcoming weekend.
3: How much of this do you think has to do with the contract or, or lack thereof in this case? And on I, what side? Whose side? His side. Because hmm. you know th- this might be one of those circumstances where he- he's staring free agency in the face. Now they can use the exclusive franchise tag, but I don't think he wants to go that route. And I, th- I think this might be something where he's got a knee injury that's serious enough to miss a period of time, but there's also a thought to, do I really want to put myself at risk for an organization that drafted me has seen me play for five years, I've helped this team you know, be a winning football team, I've won the MVP, yet they don't want to invest in me? Like, what am I really putting myself in harm's way or risk for if I could potentially injure something worse, if they're not willing to commit? I, I wonder if those thoughts are going through his head right now because I-, I feel like they would be for me, at least naturally as a player and a guy, um, You know, if you were in his shoes, who's done as much as he's done.
1: Even knowing they could just franchise you.
3: Yeah, because even then, that's not a long-term commitment. I mean, yeah, they could go the franchise tag route for two, three years, and that gets the numbers up. But to have to go through a a a one-year-at-a-time kind of agreement like that, you know, with all you've done and you've seen guys who haven't accomplished as much as you get paid sooner, wouldn't that bother you? I mean, no, it's it's no disrespect to Kyler Murray, but – Played three seasons with the Cardinals.
2: He's been way better than Kyler Murray. Yeah, yeah, way, and, be- and, way better. And they
3: paid him. It's like you—you you can make the case other guys who've gotten paid since then. He's—he's he's been better. How many can say they've been an MVP? Yeah. And I'm not saying by any means his game is a finished product. He's still developing as a passer, and they're still answering questions about you know what he is as a passer from the pocket. But that you know doesn't change the standpoint that he has been incredible. And when he's in there as a starting quarterback, they're a playoff team. Like, just chalk it up. They're going to the playoffs. It's just a matter of if they can go win a Super Bowl. And, you know, now him dealing with a knee injury and not knowing if he'll come back and be 100% of what that looks like, maybe it's caused him to rethink, you know, what he wants to do and putting himself out there in harm's way.
2: Ooh, you know, I, I, I recall when when I had a knee issue and it had nothing to do with my contract, but... I was in a rush and a hurry to get back out there. Go back out there. I'm in practice. I slip in practice and reaggravate it. Didn't even say anything to anybody. Just tr- tried to push through it and and work through it. I just I hope if it's not him, he's not playing because he's erring on the side of caution. I I hope that's what I hope that's what the team is doing. I hope that that's what he's doing. And and I, and it's based off of the value of him as as a person and the value of him as a player to their organization i mean no one has meant more to that team in recent years than than lamar jackson and and he has been the catalyst for them getting back on track in terms of being a competitive team so i think there's a lot of I think there's a lot of understood and realized value in who Lamar Jackson is and what he represents to to the Ravens organization. So, I don't I'm 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 hoping that this isn't contract related. That's what I'm hoping for, just for the simple fact that that is to me he's one of those guys that comes across as an old school football player. He's a football player and he's in a football organization and and to me that's a that's a great match you you've seen what has happened with football players that have played in the Ravens organization um, they've been they've been celebrated they've been rewarded and and for the most part they generally have you know started and finished their careers in Baltimore which you don't really see too often anymore so I hope that's not the case that it's the contractual situation. That is dictating this. Do you guys think if they hadn't clinched a playoff spot as of yet, he would
1: still be out? Because I feels like if this was for a playoff spot, he'd he's figure back. out a way to be back. And so maybe they're just slow playing it because he's been out for a month, um, which I don't know that anybody thought it was going to be that long when it initially happened. It seemed like there was going to be some optimism. He might miss a game or two. He's missed Did four. Did he have to get
3: a
2: procedure or anything? I don't think so.
3: No, and they haven't said the specifics to the injury. Now, My understanding from some of the people, you know, you get the the doctors online, and and most of them do a great job as far as diagnosing based on film and what they see. A PCL injury is what I would heard, which you wouldn't have surgery for, but it would take you a while to recover from or feel normal depending on the severity. Um, I I went through that. I got uh, tore my PCL my last game of my college career in the Sugar Bowl. And I remember I, I didn't even do anything in the combine. So that was, what, January? And then the combine's, what, the end of February? Um, I, I didn't even do anything at the combine in part because it, it just didn't feel right. My knee felt loose. Um, as much as I tried to rehab everything else out around it, it really just didn't feel comfortable trying to jump out and run and do all that kind of stuff. And so I, I would drop back and throw it my pro day, but I really didn't do much else. And to be quite honest – you know, even a, a couple months later where I, we did like a second pro day to, to do some testing, still didn't feel right. Um, and so, it, you know, and, and look, I'm not anywhere close to the athlete that Lamar Jackson uh, is. So I'm sure he's probably trying to make sure if he's going to come back out there on the field, he can be the Lamar Jackson that is capable of going and winning MVP and going and winning a Super Bowl. And and maybe it, it just doesn't feel right with, with if it is a PCL injury. That can be Something that kind of changes, um, you know, how he feels when he's running and cutting because of that instability.
1: It does look like most likely scenario for the first round of the playoffs is they're going to be at ball uh, at Cincinnati again. So they've got Cincinnati this weekend. They already beat them earlier in the year, which was a, a close game, and then they're going to potentially open up as it looks right now at Cincinnati again. So maybe we get Lamar Jackson on you know five plus weeks rest, and then he opens up at the Bengals, and we roll from there. People at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto. Do it yourself, and you can find what you need in store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash two pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash two pros.
0: This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge.
1: He is Albert Breer, senior NFL reporter at the MMQB. You can get him on Twitter, at Albert Breer. And you know what? If you cover a spread like that against Georgia, I don't care what the final result was. Albert, this is for you, man. You know, some people are going to want to try and take shots. Not this show. We support you and your support of the Ohio State Buckeyes. O-H-I-O, Albert. Hell of a game the other night.
4: You know what? Hey, Jonas, I'll tell you this. I um I've been pretty critical of this group and you guys should see like my college text groups cuz they're a complete they've been a complete dumpster fire all year. Like you think I was we were rooting for Northwestern. Um I uh CJ Stroud played his ass off. Yes, he did. And that team played its ass off and I if you told me at the beginning of the year that we'd be without Marvin Harrison, J- Jackson Smith and Jake Mayan Williams, Travion Henderson, Kate Stover, Evan Pryor, G. Scott, and we would be one point short of beating Georgia in a national semifinal, I'd be like, we must have played a hell of a game. So, sucks. I I really think we were a field goal away from um, from winning the national title, and uh, that sucks. But, yeah, hell of an effort. And uh, I, I can take some of the unfortunate things I said to some of my friends, uh, on November 26th about some people in the program back now.
3: <laughs> does, does it help that Michigan lost to TCU? Does that help a little bit too?
4: Oh, I, I mean, I'd be lying if I said it didn't, Brady. I mean, that would have been, I, that would have been <laughs> horrible. Like to see them win the national title after, uh, after, after, I mean, I think Georgia would have beat them, but to see them in the national title game after we lost that way uh, would have been pretty painful. I, it was almost, I'll be honest with you, like I would have liked to have seen them in the national title game, but not having to worry about that through our game was sort of liberating. Does that make sense? Yeah.
2: <laughs> so, so you give TCU like zero opportunity of winning the national title? Do
4: you guys give them a chance? I, I mean, I think I don't. But, you know. Honestly, I think if okay, those are two great games, and I think all four teams are really, really good, right? But to me, like, I thought the first game was kind of a bleep show and the second game was a heavyweight fight. That's probably the right way to put it, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was a bleep show and the second one was a heavyweight fight. Yeah, that was, I will, I, that's I about say right. This. Like,
4: I, do th- I do think people are making a mistake here. Like, this isn't like – I've talked to enough scouts to know this. And, you know, Brady, you cover this stuff so you know better than me. But I, I've talked to enough scouts about, like, these four teams to know – like, this isn't Mountain West TCU anymore. Like, there are legit NFL players on that team, you know? The, yeah. the receiver, the running back, the quarterback's probably going to play, play in the pros. A couple of their offensive linemen are going to be drafted pretty high. Like, that's like a legitimate, like, power five team. Like, that's not, like, mid-major TCU of ten years ago.
2: Hmm. Yeah, well... I'll say this. I'm curious as to what you think about. You said three points away. Do you think that that was the right, right approach to to that final drive after Stroud had such an amazing run to to bring them to field goal range? They they still had a lot of time left. They they still had yeah. time out. I'm, it might have. Was it one timeout? I think it was one timeout they had left. It was two
4: timeouts. It was, it was two timeouts. Okay. I think. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, I mean, I don't mind. I don't honestly, guys. I, I know Ryan's gotten a lot of criticism for running on the first play. Um, I don't mind it. I mean, I, I think ugh. these five. If ugh, they have five yuck. Yards, if, they, if they have five yards there, though, like I think Noah Ruggles probably makes that kick. Um,
3: uh, and not with I, the way I, he kicked I,
4: it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, no, 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 no. But Brady, don't you think he kind of overswung on that because it was such a long field goal? I I, he, thought, I I might be wrong. I think he probably approaches that differently if it's a forty-five yarder, right? Well, I, I, here's
3: my point. I think he approaches it a lot differently if it's a, if it's a forty or a thirty-five yarder. But you're never going to know that because you ran on first down to get much yardage, and that wasn't what got you moving the football yeah. anyway. It was the legs yeah, I mean, of C.J. Stroud as, as much as it was on pass plays at that point, And then some big completions. But, you know, again, I, we don't need to argue about this going back and forth. I think a long field goal, as low as Ruggles' kicks. I just don't know how you, you settle on that when the guy's never made one in his career.
4: Mm. Yeah, I yeah. I mean, I, I just think, like, he had three plays there because he had the timeouts, right? And I... I don't have a huge issue with running it once out of the three. Now, maybe you can argue with the order in which they called those, but I, I don't have an enormous problem with running it once of the three plays you had to, get, to set up the field goal. You know what I'm saying? Like, now we can argue about, like, the order in which they did it and the actual run call itself. Um, you know, I, I think maybe you could have done something a little bit more creatively in the run game where there was, like, a quarterback run off of it. Um, like, maybe it was some sort of option play because CJ had run really well. Um, that's fair you know what I mean and and I, I look like it's a Georgia defense too so that's the other part of it I mean it's tough to run on them regardless
1: I mean, Albert, some people were speculating if it was Jake Moody in the game, he probably would have made that. But again, not here to bring any of that stuff up. You know, listen, it was a valiant effort, and now we get a TCU-Georgia game uh, for a national championship. Well, I mean, so.
4: hey, 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 if it was J.J. McCarthy, maybe the ball would have been going the other way on second or third <laughs> down, right? Well
1: played. There he is. <laughs> uh, all right, so uh, let's get into what the plan is this weekend with the NFL and, and the potential of moving of games uh, when it comes to the Patriots' bills, making up yeah. uh, the Bengals Bills game from the other night. What is the latest that you can tell us on on what the NFL is planning to doing all the way around?
4: Yeah, I, I I honestly think they're waiting on the Bills right now. You know um, that it's just. I mean, the problem right now, and I think this is why it's so hard for. Um, I think it's so hard for for the Bills is be, is you just don't have information on where he on on what the conclusion is going to be here, and I think, you know. In a lot of cases like that, this, this is so unprecedented, but in cases where players' health is, is, is hanging in the balance, you know, 99 times out of 100, within a couple of days, you have an answer on, you know, where where the thing is going. And it's just there's still so much uncertainty when it comes to DeMar Hamlin's condition. I think that's what's made this even more difficult on the Bills players and the Bills coaches. And, um, you know, I, I like, I can tell you this. Like, that when they showed up yesterday and having talked to a couple people there – like they've sort of started to put their head down and say, okay, we're going to assume the new England game is being played on Sunday as normal. And we're going to deal with everything else from there. And and I I think the assumption they're working off of right now is that the Bengals game probably won't get played at all. Um, Now I know one thing that the league has discussed internally was the idea of adding a week 19 and eliminating the super bowl bye week where essentially there'd be a standalone Buffalo Cincinnati game a week from Sunday and then the playoffs would start a week after that. Um, I it, it feels to me like that's probably not happening. Like I, it feels to me like it, it's trending towards them playing and, and basing everything off of winning percentage. And, you know the, the 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 thing is like no matter what, like there's going to be drawbacks. Like and there's going to be people who are going to get screwed here. And you know I think the league is just asking that everybody have, have some understanding for the situation because there's no. Real easy solution here. And, um, you know, if you, if you do the Week 19 solution, well, then everybody except the Bills and Bengals is getting a bye week, right? If you do it the way I think they'll do it, which is to just declare it a no contest and do it on winning percentage, well, then the Chiefs are huge beneficiaries because then now the Chiefs control their own destiny, which they didn't on Monday at 8 o'clock as far as getting home field, and now they can't fall below the second seed. And that would mean that they'd be hosting the Bengals in a divisional playoff round, even if they lose to the, um, to the, to the Raiders on Saturday. So um, uh, there's going to be fallout one way or the other. But I, I do think, you know, the, the way this is trending, it's it's probably trending towards Bills, Bengals, um, you know, being declared a no contest and then home field being done by winning percentage.
3: Mm. I mean, ultimately, Albert, as you kind of look at just the NFL uh, in this week, you know, there, there's it's, it feels like they're still curious as to whether or not the Patriots-Bills game will, will be played. I mean, have you heard anything definitively that yeah. they are going to play that game? Because it sounds like, I guess if they were to play it, there still might be some players who don't end up playing in it.
4: Yeah, and I, I um, you know, it'll be interesting, Brady, because we're going to have a little more clarity. Uh, and this is just kind of a twist, like, but because obviously it wasn't planned this way. Um, the, the Chiefs game was moved to Saturday, I, I think on Sunday night, right? Like So nobody knew any of this was going to happen at that point. But the Chiefs playing on Saturday will kind of give the Bills some clarity on the stakes. you know. And so if the Chiefs beat the Raiders on Saturday, then the Chiefs are the number one seed, and the Bills go into that New England game knowing they can't have the one seed. Now it could make a difference as far as the two and the three, and – um, you know, we'll see how, you know, you know, like how much emphasis is put on that based on who Sean McDermott decides to play and not play on Sunday. But uh, that could affect things. That certainly could affect things. Um, yeah, but my understanding is, having to talked talk to somebody pretty high up there um, late last night, the Bills right now are preparing just from an operational standpoint, the way they're running the football team, the way they're running the stadium, every, everything else. As if they're
2: going to be playing at 1 p.m. on Sunday. A.B., I want to go into the NFC and ask you about this Eagles team. What what reports have you gotten out of there that they're seemingly kind of taking a dip right now in terms of – and listen, I know you don't have Jalen Hurts in there, and that's a difference, but their defense hasn't been playing well. As of late, either I mean, has this been has what what have the reports been in terms of is this a concern or is it is it a non-story?
4: It's sort of interesting, Lavar, because I think part of it like kind of goes back to the management of the last few weeks, you know, and kind of how Nick Sirianni and his staff have sort of managed some of their injuries the last few weeks. And I think you know, working almost on the assumption that they were going to be the number one seed. You know, and now here they are, and they've lost two in a row, and there's a chance they lose the one seat on Sunday. You know, um, so and they have to win that game, and so I think that's part of it, and I I think there's some psychology to to it too, Lamar. I I I, I think the idea of resting a quarterback when he wants to play, um, and then you know managing other injuries in your roster in a certain way. Um, I mean, look, like I I I think that there's there's definitely something to that, and so. Um, you know, like, the way that they go into the, the Sunday's game, I believe they say the Giants, right, on Sunday? Um, and a Giants team that maybe, you know, could be resting some guys too. I mean, they, they – like, I think that there's a, there's, there's a pretty decent chance because the Giants are locked into that uh, – into their seed. I think there's a pretty decent chance that the Eagles – um, that the that that the Eagles wind up with the number one seed out of, coming out of all of this, but I do think that there's you know a fair argument to be to be made in what playing your best ball and momentum and all that different stuff mean, and I and I think the management of some of the injuries and everything else maybe affected the psychology of the team in the last couple of weeks, and so you know I think they actually you know this game on Sunday I think they need it for more than what the one just getting the number one seed. I think they needed to, to build some momentum because if they're off next week and, you know, you've played um, you know, sluggish you know, for the last three weeks of the season and you've got to reach back five weeks to find the last time you played really well, that can be kind of a tough thing going into the playoffs.
1: Albert Breer joining us here on Fox Sports Radio, senior NFL reporter at the MMQB. You can get him on Twitter, at Albert Breer. Albert, seeing how well C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young played this past weekend, and knowing that there's the potential that at the very worst, the Bears are going to be sitting at two, possibly one, if they lose and Houston wins this weekend, what sort of a... Trade haul? Could they get in return for that pick with teams looking for their next franchise quarterback? If they are in fact going with Justin Fields moving forward?
4: Yeah, I think it's going to be. I think that part of it's going to be fascinating because I do think like the the four guys that are are the presumed first rounders now, and that'd be those two guys, and then Will Levis and Anthony Richardson from Florida. Um, You know, I think they all have holes. You know, and there's all there's questions on all all four of them. And I, I think, you know, like, what is going to be interesting over the next, you know, three or four months is which guy builds momentum, you know, which guy has a really good week at the combine, you know, which guy's able to kind of create a market for himself, you know, and how do they separate from each other? And, you know, are are Young and Stroud clearly above the other two? Because I, you know, I, I know some people that really like Levis in the league, you know, and um, so... I think that's what's going to be fascinating about this. I think with each of these guys, there's, there's an issue with, with, with this game where it's like, can I work around that? You know, I mean, Bryce Young, I mean, to me, I, the, the people I've talked to have said, like, this guy, like, checks just about every box, but he's five, what, 5'10, 5'11, and 180 pounds. And there's really not great precedent for a player of that size making it at that position in the league, especially if he's not running four four. Um, you know, C.J. Stroud, like there's questions about his pocket movement, his toughness. I think he answers some of those questions up against against Georgia, but like, how much do you believe that that's going to, you know, be something that's going to sustain over the course of NFL seasons? Um, Levis very raw, you know what I mean? Like, they're, they're, and and he didn't have a great year this year. Richardson, he's got a long way to go. So I think with each of the guys, there's a hole in their game, and. Like, so I I think we've still got, like, a lot of information for these teams to gather over the next few months that's going to determine what the value of those picks is at the top of the board. And so, you know, for Houston and Chicago, Houston deciding whether or not they're going to take a quarterback, and then Chicago potentially trading the pick or taking a Will Anderson or a Jalen Carter, you know, I, I think it's hard to, at this point, make any sort of, firm determination on what their plan is going to look like because the quarterback class still has a lot of evolving
3: to do. Albert, one more quick one for me. Uh, we heard Robert Sala yesterday come out and say they're holding on to Zach Wilson, come hell or high water. How legitimate is that comment? Um, <laughs> only because I feel like then if you look back at this season, the fact that they're not in the playoffs, and I know he's telling them to go read a book yeah. and take a break and all that stuff, but it, it feels like when you missed out on an opportunity to give him more reps and develop him, for what then? Because it's I sound. I feels like they're going to bring in someone in the off season to basically be the guy because of where they feel like the roster's at.
4: Uh, I mean Brady. I, I I might be wrong. It seems like high waters here, right? <laughs> I mean, like, I, I, it feels like that's where they are, you know. And I I don't. I like I. I just think like we look at that team, right? And look at the young players on that team. Joe Douglas and and, and Robert Sala have done a pretty good job of stocking that roster. And you know, you look at like the group that they're going to be building around, and you know, you assume like Oliver Tucker is going to come back from injury, Brees Hall come back from injury, Kai Becton we'll see, um, you know, Quinn Williams one of the best young defensive players in football, Sauce Gardner, Garrett Wilson. Um, you look up and down that roster, and there are complementary pieces around those guys. And I just, I you know, I think he's they 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 have the shell of a contender there, and like. I don't think it's fair to them to those guys on that in, the, in that locker room to just you know say, okay, we're going to chalk another year up to quarterback development. you know We're gonna ride it out with Zach Wilson because you know we invested a second overall pick in him. No, like there's a contender in that locker room. So I think at the very least it's incumbent on those guys. and I think they will, at the very least bring in competition for Zach Wilson. And that may be in the form of a Baker Mayfield. It may be in the form of a Jimmy Garoppolo. It may be in the form of a Derek Carr. Um, you know, I think the question is, are you replacing him or are you creating competition for him? I, like, I don't think you can just stand pat with Zach Wilson. Um, there's just – there are too many red flags there. There's too many issues that – Don't I you lose
3: the locker room if, if, they go, if they let him go back out there again and it's the same I thing? I
4: think so. That's what I'm I mean, saying. Like, you ruin everything. Yeah, like, that's the way I look at it. Yeah, I mean like how, like if you're if you're Quentin Williams, right? Or you're Garrett Wilson or you're Sauce Gardner, I like I don't know how you can look at Joe Douglas and Robert Sala the same if they don't get you more help at quarterback, right? Because I like I really think like look like where was that team a month ago? You know what I mean? Like it's the quarterback situation that took that team down, nothing else. And so and again, like, a lot of these issues with Zach Wilson, I hate to say it, they trace back to college, you know? Like, the the, the, the not playing within the the, the 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 structure of the offense, always looking for the big play. Uh, the leadership question, he wasn't a captain at BYU. Like, a lot of these things trace back to college. And so it's not like this is like a one-off type of thing that he's having these problems. He had the Yips as a rookie. You know, they had to shut him down and bring in John Beck to work with him. So, I, like I, I think and, and these guys know it too. That's the other thing. These guys know it. So I think you absolutely have to bring in another guy. My guess would be it might be Jimmy Garoppolo because all those guys were you know Salah and Mike LaFleur and all those guys worked with worked with Jimmy Garoppolo in San Francisco and and I think he's like a logical a logical guy to go out and get. But yeah. I think you have to get at least decent or at least good at the position. You don't need to be great. No one's expecting to be great at the position. It's hard to do that in a year. But I think it's incumbent on those guys to at least get good at the position so they can facilitate a playoff run for the rest of the roster.
1: Get them on Twitter at Albert Breer, senior NFL reporter at the MMQB. Always kind enough to join us every single Thursday here on FSR. Albert, we appreciate it, man.
4: OH. H. IO, and congrats on the Rose Bowl. Thank uh, you sir. guys look awesome.
0: Thank yeah, you. There
1: appreciate it is. Uh, so uh, we'll do it again next week with Albert Breer here on Fox Sports Radio.
2: Try to ask you guys: Are you guys wrestling fans, Uh, like classic uh, wrestling fans? Definitely. Yeah, sure. All right. So we did. Can I tell you this before you? Yes. Because I actually was such a big
1: wrestling fan, I used to send away for things in the mail.
3: Like autographs? No,
1: like if I wanted something, I would send away for things in the uh-huh. mail, and well, I, always put, I always had to put I always had to put this thing on the top oh. corner to try and make it no, make it go through. Well, what I mean, you keep? know, I was
3: just gonna wait to naturally do the segue at oh. some point once Levar is done with the wrestling yeah. thing, but yeah. since I'll just wrestle away the live reading. Oh, wow. Stamps.com teamed go. up with the post yeah. office to get you huge mailing and shipping discounts Very up nice. to eighty six percent off. It's a new year no brainer. Save serious money with stamps.com. Use code two pros for a four-week trial, free postage, and a free scale, stamps.com code 2 pros
1: very cool back in the holster yeah. that's how you do it i
3: mean we would have been just fine as long as you let LaVar finish where yeah. he's going There's Yeah. Levar, he I was
2: it's more fun that i way. was wondering about <laughs> if you had to choose between the iron chic oh jeez and ravishing rick rude oh ravishing rick rude that's who you're going <laughs> with it's my guy
3: yeah so i'd go with too i love ravishing oh. rick rude
2: but you guys didn't like the camel
1: clutch <laughs> Yeah, his finishing move. Yeah, yeah, but I, I'm a big fan of the neckbreaker. That was oh, ravishing, okay. Rick Rude. Right. The Rude Awakening. The Rude Awakening. Yeah, yeah. All Love right. that's my favorite. One of my favorite. Are you
3: really of time. meaning for this to go in this this direction? I feel like you're trying to set us down a different.
2: Uh, no, 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 no. I was. The, yeah, I was the movie, curious. the wrestlers on uh, yeah. one of the TVs yeah. uh, in the studio, and I'm so. just seeing like the matchup between. Maybe it would have been Ultimate Warrior and Iron Sheik. You know, but that's two different eras, right? Uh, the Sheik was still there, but he was yeah, old kind, by then, kind right? Of, kind of overlapped. Yeah. By the way, the Iron
1: Sheik in real life was a bad dude. Yeah, it, it in real rest, life? He wrestled for uh, Iran, I think. Hmm. Yeah. Like, I think he was an Olympian. It might have been oh, an Olympian. Oh, like badass, badass yeah. for real. Yeah. Oh, okay. But there was some. I st-
2: mean, the camel clutch looks like a real, like, Roman Greco type of move that yeah. you would throw on somebody. Yeah. Yeah. And then he had them shoes on, yeah. you know, and he used to kick you with them them shoes. Yeah, but that Rude Awakening, that neck breaker from Rick Rude, little hangman's neck breaker. You know who was my favorite back then was Ricky the Steamboat. Ricky the Dragon? Yeah, he was my favorite. Yeah. Yeah, I used to, I used to be a big fan of him. Yeah. Yeah. So, there you go. I, your, I don't, yeah. No, I wasn't going anywhere with you. Yeah. Q. I just, you know, I was just watching the wrestler with, like, like Jonas said, with Mickey Rourke and kind of started thinking about the thumb wrestling dolls and you know all <laughs> kinds of different things that I've I lived through in my childhood. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean listen, uh, Brady Quinn was front row for a SmackDown. Was wearing, really? wearing, yeah. wearing a Legion of Doom t shirt with oh, that's wow, the right. Big Doom boys back in the day. Nice. Yeah. yeah big time. Right I was there, a big fan of,
2: of the British Bulldogs too. I just really like the British Bulldogs. Alright, who you guys got? The British Bulldogs or the Road Warriors? And I know was probably going with the Road Warriors yeah, because of on. how close that's yeah. Touches home for him. Legion of Doom. Come on, man. You're going with the Legion of Doom? Yeah, of
1: course. Hawk and Animal?
2: I mean, they were kind of fire, right? Yeah. But the British Bulldogs are nothing to, to like, sleep on. Like, they were dope. They were a super, super dope wrestling tandem, like, tag team tandem. Yeah, but they're not
1: Legion of Doom. I mean, Brady's wearing that shirt right now that he's wearing at SmackDown. I
2: don't know, man. They were pretty impressive, man. They were popular as hell, too. British bulldogs were prim- what was it? Danny Boy. Who was the other Davey one? Davy Boy. Davy Boy and who else? I think it was Dynamite Kid. Was Dynamite the other kid. kid? Yeah. Yeah, I'm just reading what's on the prompter here. I have no idea. I'm not. You know, I'm not familiar with. You the had name them names. Stuff. Is that really their names? Yeah, man. I grew up on you that. Pulled stuff. Them. I mean, me too. But I was forgetting their names. Yeah. That's pretty good. Good pulls. Oh, wow. Man. All right. Yeah. Was there was there a tandem better than those two? Like better than. The Legion of Doom, or I mean, or some would argue the, the Heart Foundation. Okay, you could throw the, I in, like the
1: Hearts. Uh, you I could like throw the in hearts. Demolition if you wanted to. Okay. Uh, the Bushwhackers. The Bushwhackers. Uh, you remember that? Yeah, there's uh, all those. You know, the natural disasters. You know, mm. yeah. There's, there's all sorts. Le- of... Get out of here, yeah. I'm, I'm into this. Wrestling Le- thing. <laughs> yeah, Lee G- just yelled at us. Uh, all right, it is uh, two pros and a cup of Joe here on Fox Sports Radio. LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox with you. So the situation with the <laughs> <laughs>
2: just <boy>. Lee <laughs> with the the situation with uh, with the <laughs> well, if we call it out, Lee's wrestling tandem. I know. Huh? Uh, yeah. How about <laughs> har- that har- one, Harlem Heat?
0: <laughs> ah.
2: How about we talk about your wrestling tandem yeah. huh? All right. yeah. All right. um so the uh the situation with the arizona
1: cardinals uh they've got one <laughs> they've got they've got one game left in an awful season. Cliff Kingsbury says that Kyler Murray uh, did undergo surgery, but there's the reports that are coming out that he's going to miss uh, the early portion of next year. And then uh, Armando Salguera of Outkick uh, reported yesterday that the expectation is that Cliff Kingsbury is going to be fired after this weekend's finale at San Francisco. Mm. So Brady, you just talked with him. All right. You, You just did an Arizona Cardinals game. Did you get any feeling that that Cliff Kingsbury was looking at this as like, this is it for me? Or or what was the expectation that that he's got going into next
4: year?
3: Well, I talked with Michael Bidwell on the sideline, and uh, he he really didn't give me much indication one way or another. I mean, I kind of felt like, you know, it was almost my duty to kind of be like, hey, man, you know, you guys got 16 guys on IR. You've had ten different offensive line combinations. You've got a lot of, you got a fourth string quarterback you brought in less than three weeks ago. You know, you you've experienced more adversity than maybe most teams this season. And you know, you know what one of the tragedies that that occurred, and it, you know, th- this is something that we didn't bring up during the broadcast, and you know, people have have unfortunately. And and sadly, probably forgotten is is the passing of of Jeff Gladney, a former first round pick, a player who they were going to rely on heavily, you know, to to play cornerback for him. And and the reason why I bring that up is because this past game, you had two guys who hadn't started all season playing cornerback for him. So, you know, you just – when you really break down everything they've gone through this year, you know, Hopkins missing the first six games uh, due to, you know, his suspension. Now he didn't play last week, not playing this week with uh, a knee issue. You know, obviously Murray being out, Cole McCoy in the concussions. I mean, it goes on and on and on. Um, It's tough, but I – you know, look, he's the betting favorite for them to move on from him. I think with the situation with Steve Kime The fact that they have 28 players who are unrestricted free agents. Think about that for a second. It's a 53-man roster. 28 over half half. are unrestricted free agents. Then you've got other guys like Robbie Anderson who's on basically a a one-year deal, but they can get out from underneath it. I I guess if you were going to move on and you found the guy who you feel more confident as an owner, this would be the time because you can literally... Turn over that roster in one offseason and and try to build back up. The the problem is is as you noted, Kyler Murray, who's not going to be ready for the start of the twenty twenty three season. Usually people are much more patient with ACLs nowadays, and how you go about handling that. So I I don't know. I mean again, the the, the Cliff Kingsbury is the betting favorite to be the next head coach that's fired. I would hate to see it because of how much adversity they've gone through. And I feel like you almost, based on the progress they had from the three years prior, kind of deserve to maybe give them another year to see. But, um, you know, it, 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 you get the sense that Michael Bidwell now knows that, you know, a year from now you're not going to have the same roster situation and the ability to turn it over the way you'd like.
2: It's crazy, man. He you go. That's it? That's it. Yeah. Stick a fork in it. Just
1: signed the extension last year. Improved every single year except for this year. Dealt with injuries
2: and all that, and that's a wrap. So it looks like it just yeah. kind of fell apart, you know. And that GM is yeah, like the GM is going to be out. He's out. He gone. Did you ask Michael Bidwell about the uh, potential mistaken
1: identity uh, of uh, Steve Kime and the uh, O line coach that was fired? Did you? Ask I didn't him about talk that to Michael Mexico? Bidwell
3: about that. However, uh, I, I did. I did receive um, a pretty strong statement from someone within the organization that said, look, um, it seems a little odd, if it was a mistaken identity, that you wouldn't have come out and said that right away, that why would you wait that long to do that? And it led me to think that maybe it was more of a ploy by his attorneys to help him get back into coaching in, in some capacity, whether it be NFL or college football, um, by using that. And it just so happened to work out um, where the day Steve Kimes steps down, they happen to file um, that motion. So it, it, bottom line, there's – it sounds like zero truth to it. And given the amount of security that's around the coaches and players when you're in international places, and I can attest to this from my time going over to London – it's really hard for a player not to have someone around from the organization or
0: security that's not going to see something. Yeah. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.